All right, let the games begin. Let's get this on. Let's get the trials started. Let's get the Shift Sham show and everybody all razzed up and hyped up and jazzed up. And then we'll get the outcome that we know is going to happen. And then, oh, all the same people that were involved for three years in spreading lies, a hoax, conspiracy theories, they will be exposed again as having taken on breathtaking hypocrisy. They will be exposed as being the, in the media part, the mob part, as nothing, nothing more than surrogates and state-run television for all things radical democratic socialist. And they will lose even more credibility as they have lost so much in the Trump years already. And then the dispirited masses will say, oh, we lost again. Remember, we had an FBI investigation, nine months. They found nothing. There's no there there, Peter Strzok said. We found nothing, Lisa Page said, as it relates to Trump and Russia and collusion. That was even before the Mueller investigation. They had nothing then. And we had the House Intel Committee chairman, Devin Nunes, write a report vindicated on every single solitary point that he made. And then they found no evidence of any Trump-Russia collusion. And then you got the, the shift sham show with the congenital compromised cowardly liar. And that would be Adam Schiff. You look through his report and it's full of lies. He's been lying to the American people three years. Now he's leading up this new shift sham impeachment show. I mean, it's it's the same people, the same networks, the same characters, the same Democrats, the same people that have been saying impeach, impeach, impeach since day two after Donald Trump's elected. And they're setting again up such high expectations. If they're making people think they've got it all and it's playing out almost the same way their, their strategies are very clear. Last minute secret evidence we just found. This is, we got it. Here it is. We got them. This, this is a bombshell. How many times did that happen the last three years? It's a bombshell. Oh, and how many of those bombshells turned out to be nothing and false? It's the same thing here. They, they, they are now setting everybody up to believe less of Lev Parnas. This is it. We've got them. We've. Now, but we got a history here. We saw it also with the Kavanaugh hearings, remember? Because here we have last minute, just days before the impeachment trial begins. We now have, we've got new evidence and there might even be more evidence after the new evidence. If that new evidence isn't enough evidence to get Trump out. It's a des it's desperation, but it's also a playbook. Just like the whole thing, obviously, you know, he had shifts, you know, had to admit, oh, yeah, we did have contact with the whistleblower in my office. Yeah, we did. Oh, I wish we could talk to him, though. It was set up from the beginning. Interesting tidbit. Reince Priebus picked this up. I, I don't watch Area 51 Roswell Rachel Maddow and her big interview with now Lev Parnas. And, uh, and by the way, none of it makes sense. Trump watched my every move. Trump didn't watch your every move. Uh, you're delusional. Anyone that believes that is delusional. Uh, you want to talk about somebody that has credibility problems? This is the guy. Foreign Minister of Ukraine said, don't believe a word this guy says. This is not a not a good guy. Uh, so, but this is what they do. This is who they are. Now, remember, they had Michael Avenatti on the air some 254 times in one year. 
Why Michael Avenatti, Stormy Daniels' attorney, uh, who now is, at this moment, I hear, in jail and facing a hell of a lot of charges, and will actually afford him due process and the presumption of innocence, something he never afforded Donald Trump. This arrogant guy was so out of it, he thought he might run for president one day, and he was, he was floating trial balloons. I'm joined now um, by Stormy Daniels' lawyer, Michael Avenatti. Uh, thanks for making time. Stormy Daniels' lawyer, uh, Michael Avenatti, joins us uh, live now. Uh, Mike, uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining us. The attorney for Stephanie Clifford, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels, Mr. Avenatti, welcome to Meet the Press, sir. Michael Avenatti, uh, sir, thanks for being on the show tonight. Oh, I appreciate thank you, it. Michael. Michael, thank, thank you. you so much for being here with us this morning. Oh, thank Michael you, Michael. Me now. Good evening, Michael. Let's bring in Michael Avenatti, Stormy Daniels' attorney, of course. Michael, with a welcome to you. And here to discuss is Stormy Daniels' attorney, Michael Avenatti. Michael, it's good to see you. Let's first get reaction, though, from Stormy Daniels' attorney, Michael Avenatti. Um, oh, Michael, I'm, thank you, Michael. Please, <laughs> thank you for giving up your precious time, Michael. Oh, wow. I'm going to add 254 appearances in one year. That's an awful lot. Well, we got a, we got a new Michael Avenatti. And now that guy's name is Leb Parnas. Uh, I heard last Avenatti's in jail, just arrested again this week, put in jail, facing a ton of charges. And he's now making the rounds. Leb Parnas and the media mob. Now he's going everywhere, anywhere that, that he can get on. Now, what you have is a group of people. Now, this was not an accident. This was what Ryan's previously picked up. He goes on Area 51, Roswell, Rachel Maddow's conspiracy channel, MSDNC, the state-run news network of all things radical democratic socialist. And on the show, there he is. And apparently there's a handoff with Lawrence O'Donnell. I actually met Lawrence O'Donnell. Actually, he's a pretty nice guy. He's nuts, but a nice guy. I don't have any problems with anybody... You know, we're we're there is there's a small group of us that do this business and uh, he does his thing and I do mine. We're number one. They're not. Um, thank you for making that happen. But anyway, you got over there. It's 24 seven, a dumpster fire of never ending fake news, never ending conspiracy theories. It's all directed by the Democratic Party. And it's now it gets more clear with every new the hyperventilation uh, moment that they have shocking new developments that all turn out to be wrong or, you know, breathless reporting. Uh, 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 I can't, you know, they, they think they got them. They've been thinking they've got Donald Trump the whole time. And it's, you know, in this case, they try to dress this all up as an intellectual news show in Oxford. And I'm like, I'm laughing because if you, you start counting the lies and the, propaganda and the misinformation and all the times they're wrong it it, it it is it takes your breath away if we were ever wrong this much we'd be in trouble i don't know if i'd even have a job and the media would be all over me but they just are never held accountable they just go on to the next group of lies the next conspiracy theory the next thing that they're gonna hype breathlessly so it's pretty pathetic how nobody's ever acknowledged that they were wrong on their Trump-Russia collusion narrative. They never acknowledged why they ignored Hillary's email server that apparently was hacked by foreign governments or the subpoenaed emails destroyed with bleach bit and erased and hammers and, and no more SIM cards. Never cared about that. They said they cared about Trump-Russia collusion. They never cared about They never cared about Russian interference. If they did, they would have similarly reported on the dirty dossier. They stayed away from the dirty dossier. New York Times got it right, though, in the end. 
Took him a long time to catch up to us on this program. Yeah, it was likely Russian disinformation from the beginning. They never talked about premeditated fraud uh, on uh, committed, perpetrated on the FISA court. They bought all of Adam Schiff's lies, the congenital liar's lies for three years. They put him on almost every opportunity they could. So, you know, I'm just warning everybody, this is not going to work out the way they think. There was only one guy in the media. I was kind of surprised, to be honest, that he figured out, uh-oh, I don't know if I want to go down this road again because, uh, yeah, we've been burned a lot before, and it was fake Jake Tapper. He actually said, uh, you Democrats, you're buying this guy's story unquestioned, uh, acting like he's Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, you might want to pull back on this a bit. And, you know, Pelosi, oh, no, no, he'd be a credible witness. Oh, okay. And then you got Schumer. I tend to believe Parnas when he says he knew Trump. Well, there's pictures with Trump. The president takes a thousand pictures a day. Anyone that meets the president goes to a dinner. He does what's called a photo line. They call it clicks. I'm sure the president asks how many clicks before he walks in. Okay, 100. Click fast because I, I don't like to do 400 clicks. Takes a long time. And anyway, so he says, well, I've been working on this interview for, for months. Okay. Ryan says, right. Why well, have been working on that interview for months? Why? How? When? And the reason being is simple. Is that just like in the case of Kavanaugh, I would argue it's a coordinated setup. Now think back. What did Avenatti do? Remember we had the professor, Professor Ford, and we had to take it seriously. Republicans actually handled that, I thought, perfectly. Okay, let her speak. We'll ask questions, important matter, a lot of allegations. And then we had, okay, Professor Ford wasn't enough. We got a pile on. Then this person, then this person, then this person. And it creates an impression that, oh, my gosh, you have a sexual predator that is going to be appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court. And then they got even more outrageous because it wasn't working. And then in comes Michael Avenatti star witness that he had julie swetnick and her initial allegation was well almost every other weekend i remember justice kavanaugh and the boys they would spike the drinks the punch and then the they would drug the girls and then they'd move the girls to a bedroom and then they'd wait in the hall and they'd line up and they would rape these girls every other weekend and we would have believed that happened and not one person ever told the police or told their parents or a counselor or a friend or a parent or anybody. You had to believe that. And then the story began to fall apart. Then it became, well, I never saw Justice Kavanaugh spike the punch, but I saw him near a punch pole. Well, there's evidence. Uh, no, I never, he, I never saw him give a girl anything from the punch pole, but I saw he was holding a red Solo cup. Remember how this all evolved? And Michael Avenatti's witness. Uh, then, well, yeah, he was upstairs. He was in a hall, but he wasn't lined up in the hall. Okay, story falls apart. And this is what they want to do here. They want a, a maximum pressure campaign. They want you to buy into the hype, the propaganda, the new set of lies and misinformation. Now, remember, to get to this point, even though Donald Trump never talked to Zelensky about anything regarding aid, he did say to him, I hope, you, you know, you seem to be hanging out with some of the same unsavory characters that your predecessor, Poroshenko, was hanging out with. I don't like that. And by the way, do us a favor. Us. Us is a big word here. You know, we've spent three years in this country, you know, looking into election interference. Not that the Russians didn't do it, but we have Politico telling us separately and apart. 
We know the Russians did, but we now know, too, that the Ukrainians did, according to our Ukrainian court. And January 11, 2013, Politico wrote a long piece on it. So now we know they interfered in our election. The president's asking for information. The president has a sworn duty to faithfully execute the laws of the land. So now what's happened is they, they've taken that, but they're going to ignore you're not getting the billion dollars. You're not getting it unless you fire that prosecutor. That prosecutor was investigating, and I know he's investigating my son, zero experience hunter being paid millions and millions. No company pays anybody with no experience millions and millions. And so Schiff, with the new evidence, with this guy Parnas, sends, sends it over, totally exonerating Joe and Hunter. And then unilaterally declaring the prosecutor that was fired because they had to fire the guy. They wanted the billion dollars. They fired him. Son of a bee. Well, then he says that prosecutor was corrupt. Well, I've never heard that that prosecutor's name Shokin ever did anything corrupt. What prosecutor wouldn't investigate millions of dollars going to a zero experience uh, son of a vice president? Uh, that's worthy of an investigation. So they now have to this. This is what they you have to absorb to be a part of this madness, this insanity and this that you have to take on rank hypocrisy, lies, propaganda, misinformation, and you have to take it from the same people that have lied again and again and again. They're all liars. The mob lying. Democrats lying. It's the same playbook. We'll get back into this in a second. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So Les, Lev Parnas is the new Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti 2.0, making the rounds in the media mob. The same people that were so hypocritical on Russia, the ones that got everything wrong and nothing right, the ones that missed the biggest abuse of power, corruption, scandal in history. In other words, we were just vindicated big league by Michael Horowitz's report. It was everything we said about premeditated fraud on a FISA court turned out to be true. And the bulk of information coming from Hillary Clinton's bought and paid for dirty dossier that turned out to be true. What was the mob breathlessly for three years peddling? Oh, Trump, Russia, collusion. Four investigations later, nothing, including the Mueller report. You know, they care about obstruction only if it's Trump. Trump might have obstructed. Now it's, but they'll ignore Hillary and the email server and the subpoenaed uh, emails that she destroyed, deleted, bleach, bin hammers, SIM cards gone. You know, Russia is horrible, but they'll ignore the dirty Russian dossier that was disseminated via propagandists and conspiracy theorists like Michael Isikoff and David Korn before the election, and that the New York Times now refers to as likely Russian disinformation from the beginning, which means probably Russia wanted to help Hillary. Uh, they care about Ukraine, but they'll ignore the quid and pro and quo with Joe. And in the process, as all these things unfold, and in the Kavanaugh case pointed this out, they'll let any smear, slander, besmirchment, you know, anything go by. Which Avenatti gets 254 times on air, but he's in jail. Oh, Michael, thank you for being with us. Now it's, oh, Lev, oh, we know, uh, Mr. Parnas, that you're you're currently, um, uh, yeah, we know you're in, yeah, you're under indictment and you're facing charges, and the Ukrainian government's warning us, don't trust this guy, but we'll ignore all that. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. I, I am glad to get the show on the road here. Let's get it on, because they've overreached again. They have miscalculated again. 
They get blinded by their psychosis, their rage, their insanity, their hate Trump rage. They are now clinging desperately to the coattails of this guy, Leb Parnas, uh, the guy that's currently out of uh, federal prison on bail, accused by the Southern District of New York. Pretty credible place uh, of currently uh, accused of orchestrating a massive campaign finance fraud scheme. And as they announced two days ago, accused of hiding a million dollar payment from the country of Russia. You can't make this guy up. This is now the mob and the Democratic Party's new Michael Avenatti. This is who he is. They're making him their hero. They are turning this guy into an amazing. This is the blockbuster. This is it. The same patterns. Go back to Kavanaugh. It was what Professor Ford and and another person and another one. And and every story starts falling apart, chipped away, falling apart. But it takes time. Michael Avenatti, 254 appearances on the air, mostly fake news, CNN and conspiracy TV, MSDNC. Yeah, he's now in jail. Julie Swetnick, another Kavanaugh accuser. That story, well, disintegrated pretty quickly. But yet, every detail they absorb, they never say, oh, sorry, we got it wrong either. There's never any apology. So he's, he's now making the rounds. He's their new star. He's jacked everybody up. But I'm telling everybody, if you're a liberal and you're listening to my show, uh, how many times have they? are you going to allow them to kind of pull you around and, and jerk you around like this? Because that's what they do. They build up false hope, anticipation, a belief. We got them. And it's this is who they are and what they do. And for you to align with them, you take on the same breathtaking. You absorb you. You live in this hypocritical bubble. I mean, there's hypocrisy on small things. This is flagrant hypocrisy. You care about obstruction of justice, but you're never going to touch the subpoenaed emails deleted. The acid wash bleach bit. You're not going to, you know, or the hammers to devices and SIM cards removed. You just ignore that. You'll ignore the whole, oh, yeah, we care about Russian interference. You'll ignore the dirty dossier that is likely, according to the New York Times, finally Russian disinformation from the beginning. You only really cared about getting Trump, Trump Russia. Four investigations later, what happened? FBI, nothing. The House Intel, nothing. Bipartisan Senate Committee, nothing. Mueller, nothing. But you had to forget about foreign election interference and the fact that you had a foreign national create a dirty dossier that Hillary paid for and that was used as the bulk of information now proven true a thousand percent. We were right. They never touched these stories. They, they, their answer is, I can't believe Hannity believes this stuff. Well, Hannity was proven right. Very proud of our team, both behind the scenes, in front of the camera, on the radio, in front of the microphone. We all worked really hard to get it right. And we're, gonna, we're working hard here. That's why we're looking at Lev Parnes, and we're telling you exactly what this is. This is another setup by the same people that never, ever apologize for the lies, the smears, the slander, besmirchment, character assassination, the conspiracy theories, the hypocrisy. Oh, we care about Russia collusion. No, you don't. Oh, Trump may have obstructed because he didn't get exonerated on obstruction. 
Well, he did by Rod Rosenstein and by Bill Barr. So they're wrong there. But ignore the Hillary obstruction. Ignore the Hillary dirty dossier. Ignore the fact that this guy Parnas now accused of hiding a million dollar payment from Russia. How is that ignored by these people? You know, same people in love with Avenatti. And they just <clears throat> they do the same thing they did with the Kavanaugh hearings. We'll slow roll this sucker out and we'll just make it seem like it's building into a big crescendo and it will come crashing down just like the last time. And the whole Russia thing, you, you can't ignore the biggest hypocrisy again. The same cast of mob media characters, the same conspiracy TV channel, state-run TV, MSDNC, fake news, CNN, leading the way, Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukraine. Okay, we have the call. And remember, Pelosi wanted to impeach before the call. I'll get to that in a second. And then we have five high-level meetings. Not one time in any of those meetings after the call was aid ever mentioned. When we have hearsay witnesses, first auditions, you know, behind the scenes to see who we might be able to get as a good guest. And then you have to ignore real quids and pros and quos. You're not getting a billion. Sorry if I'm a little repetitive here, but it's so breathtaking, this hypocrisy. That's how, that's how corrupt these people are. You know, I've said over the years I never went or cared about the Washington Correspondence Dinner. Uh, I never went to one. Fox used to try and make me go. Every, I don't want to hang out with them. They don't like me. I don't like them either. I mean, to be very blunt, I don't think any of them like me. I go to the media party. You saw the media party, right? I told you the story, Linda. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and there were a few people, former colleagues I ran into. Allison Camerata is a nice person. I really like her. I ran into Essie Cup. I don't. I know they don't like my opinions. It's fine. It's not personal for me. Um, then at the door, there he is, Humpty Dumpty. Oh, Humpty, Humpty Dumpty. Uh, and he's like, when are you going to talk to me about my book? I started laughing. He's writing a book. What? He's a Fox News stalker, a Hannity stalker. And I'm like, uh, okay. I, I actually said to him, I said, I said, Humpty, I said, Jim Acosta, fake news Acosta, at the same time Mark Levin was selling a half a million books, same period, sold less than 14,000. Yours is going to sell less. And now he gets a job with HBO. I mean, are they going to talk about any of fake news, CNN's huge, big mistakes that they've made? Because there's a lot of them. Mediaite had a few of them, and the article they wrote about it, just, I don't care about Fox News stalkers or his assistant that, that thinks we're friends. He's like a stalker. I show up anywhere, and I never go anywhere. And there he is. And he's coming up to me. Hi. Shaking my hand. I said, hi. Nice to meet you. No, 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 it's me. I'm like, me who? I don't know who you are. And he's like, no, it's me, Oliver. Have we met? This actually happened. He goes, Oliver, CNN. I'm like, fake news. And I, I, I don't get it. They're like obsessed with me. Stalkers. They're, they know, stalking Fox. And it's um, it's actually, you know, kind of comedy because, you know, we're we're getting... You know, four or five times their ratings. Why don't they focus on their own shows? I don't have any problem that they are leftists and state-run TV. Let them go do what they do. Hey, look, you got this interview with Parnas now everywhere. Now they all want to follow the leader, Roswell Rachel Maddow, Area 51. I got a million dollars from Russia. Now he's accusing the president. president is following my every move. I can assure you the president is not following this guy's every move. But they run with it. They just... 
act like it's true. There have been so many of these moments of breathless reporting. We got him. We got him. We got him. It's a small reminder. But first, we want to start with this week in Russiagate. Donald Trump is afraid a political hurricane is out there at sea for him. We'll call it Hurricane Vladimir, if you will, the whole (laughs) Russian thing. It is as if there are no shoes on the Trump human centipede that are not about Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. This cloud about collusion with Russia will hang over him no matter where he stands. It certainly feels like we're in the opening stages of a devastating political chapter in American history. Evidence is mounting for the president's meddling in the Russia probe. There's any day to be watching Ari. It is today. Russia, Russia, Russia. I'll say it again. This Russian connection just keeps building, and every time it builds and expands, you have to wonder if Trump himself isn't worried about what's swirling around under the covers. CNN has learned new details of the FBI investigation into potential links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government. Specifically, Willie, I think what it means is that a federal judge found that people in Trump's organization were colluding with the Russians. New fallout tonight in the Russia investigation. Russia. Russia. Russian. Russians. Russians. Russian. Russian. Russia. 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 Russian. Russian. Russia. Russian. Russia. Russian. Russia. Russia. Russians. Russian. Russia. 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 Then impeach, 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 impeach. Ukraine, 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 Ukraine. Michael Avenatti, thank you so much, sir, for being with us. Now it's Parnas, thank you so much for being with us. Okay, the guy got paid, according to the Southern District of New York, a million bucks from Russia. They don't care about Russia now. Now it's just about what can we do to bludgeon Trump. Uh, it the, the president was clear, yes. I don't know this guy. Well, there's a picture with you. Yeah, I take pictures. Every time I go somewhere, I'm taking pictures. I, don't, I guess maybe these guys have never had a photo line because nobody really gives a rip about who they are because they're known liars. It is it is such despicable. This I mean, th- this is what I mean. Journalism's dead. They think they're journalists. I mean, you, you know, admit who you are. I am a talk show host. I admit who I am on radio and television. And as talk show host, sometimes I just... Straight news. We'll just report the news. Tell you what's going on. Sometimes we do investigative reporting. Obama, we vetted him. Nobody else would. We went into depth and detail. The deep state, FISA abuse, Hillary Clinton, obstruction, uh, illegal espionage act, uh, premeditated fraud, FISA court, spying on a presidential campaign, a transition team, and a president. Happened. Bill Barr even said it. Spying. That's what surveillance is. Spying. Uh, then, of course, outsourcing of spying to friendly countries. You're going to have to wait for the vindication on that, but it's coming. Proven right on all of it. They Where were they? Missing in action, peddling conspiracy theories and their hoaxes and their lies. So, you know, the Ukrainian government is even warning everybody that this is Michael Avenatti 2.0. Facing serious felony charges, campaign finance, trying to hide a million bucks from Russia, meaning he's charged with getting paid by the country of Russia. The mob and the media is just ignoring that, just like they are ignoring Joe and zero experience Hunter. Well, how can you ignore that if you care about quids and pros and quos? The mob all, you know, claiming the president was a Russian spy. I mean, Maddow even claiming he's a Russian agent operative at one point. They're nuts. And they get people to buy into it. So it's the same pattern. 
And then shift warning, we're going to get more. Oh, so it's basically the Kavanaugh strategy. We just keep laying out one after another, after another, after another, after another, and we'll buy into it, we'll hype it up, and we hope it sticks this time. Uh, we were right about the Mueller witch hunt, the people running the witch hunt. We got it right on FISA, premeditated fraud on a FISA court, unlawful surveillance, Trump campaign, transition presidency, our own government at the height of an election. Right about Comey, less lack of candor. McCabe, same thing. Right about how they treated uh, General Flynn. The mob, the media obsessing about the conspiracy theories and jacking up their, their audiences with fake news. That's why, you want to know why they'll forever be branded fake news? Because they are fake news. That's not real. And, by the way, we do have one story. Federal prosecutors now reports out investigating high-level leaks of classified material from the FBI. And reports say that the super patriot himself, Jim Comey, is a likely target in that criminal probe. Whoopsie-daisy. Been right about him the whole time. You know, the laundry list of people... That now are, are experts, Comey, Brennan, McCabe, Clapper, uh, all these people. They're, now they're getting paid gigs on the same networks that got it wrong. It's unbelievable. Great gig, I guess, if he can get it. Lying, propagandizing, I guess, pays for people. Pays pretty well. Uh, so we'll watch that. But you, these are con artists now. You know, they're, they're just liars. They're just advancing a political agenda. There is nothing significant about Leb Parnas. Nothing. But, you know, what have they ever done, the Democrats, except try and hurt Trump? They've done anything to create jobs, prosperity, peace, security in this country. President signing a big trade deal with China. $220 billion China is going to spend here on our crops, our service industry, our energy industry, our manufacturing industry, our auto industry. That's never been done before. We go from 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. Wow, we have 8 million fewer people on, on food stamps and nearly 8 million new jobs created. And this new trade deal, well, all those promises kept. Japan, China, Mexico. It looks like they're going to pay for the wall even because the trade deal, we're getting more money from them. It's a better deal. Canada, uh, then our Western European ally. We're, we're energy independent. Biggest tax cut ever. Who's benefiting the most? The bottom 50% of wage earners, not the top 1%. That's the Trump economy. That's not the Obama-Biden failed economy. Are we bribing mullahs in Iran? We're not doing that anymore either. Well, he got criticized for being willing to talk to unsavory actors on the world stage. All right, we got our hostages back. We got the remains back of soldiers from the 50s. And the guy stopped firing missiles uh, over Japan every five seconds. Okay, it was worth the president's time. He didn't bribe anybody. Oh, he said he'll talk to Putin. Good, he should talk to Putin. Because as long as he's not bribing them, I don't care what they talk about. Maybe we can have a better relationship with them. Who cares? It's just, to me, it's insanity that is now gripping the country. That's why let's get it on. Let, let the, they got their game on. They got their, we're all excited on. They got their, all dressed up to go to the party. And they're building up false hope again, and they're going to smear slander and lie and cheat and do everything they can do like they always do and, and go with anybody that hates Trump, no matter how much they lack credibility. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity's show, 291 days till Election Day, and you, we, the people, get to shock the world again. And I expect that'll happen. 
And, uh, boy, this is playing out just like the Kavanaugh hearings, isn't it? Oh, oh the, just like with Avenatti. We got him. 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 Oh, the latest evidence. By the way, the president announcing his team. I meant to get to this. Uh, Pat Cipollone, White House counsel. Jay Seculo. Uh, Jane Raskin, smart attorney, know her really well. Robert Ray, Ken Starr, Alan Dershowitz. This is a dream team. This is a great team for the president's side. Uh, here to help us sort through what is now going to take place from here. He's been in the forefront of all of this. Uh, the senator from the great state of South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, is with us. You know, I was down in Lin- I was down a while ago in South Carolina. Man, people asking me all questions about you left and right. Well, tell me more about Lindsey. He's really doing this. He's great. He's doing I, You must be at the height of your popularity. I'm like, okay, I like Lindsey, but not that much. Let's be honest here. No, I'm kidding. You, um, you've done a great job. What's going on? Well, thank you. I, well, I hope it wasn't the cops asking, so that's the good news. No, so, this uh, is the best steakhouse the in South Carolina is called Hall's Steakhouse. That's, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, really, it really is in the nicest city in the, in the country in Charleston. But let me tell you, you know, people at home are, are, are pissed off. I'll be honest with you. They'd like to pick the president, not a bunch of people in the Senate. Uh, and they'd like us to do something for them. We spent how much time on trying to destroy Donald Trump as a person? How many days and hours have we spent in Washington dealing with this crap? They're tired. They're ready to move on to things that matter to them. And they'd like to be able to elect the president, not have a bunch of politicians take that right away. So, really, the president's doing very well in South Carolina. Let me ask this, because I think a lot of people want to understand. The Constitution's very clear. The sole power to impeach, well, that power is given exclusively to the House of Representatives. The Senate, right. you have a constitutional role, you hold the trial, Chief Justice presiding. We're now at that point. So this begins on Tuesday, and I assume opening statements from both sides, and then I guess the Schiff-Sham show led by the congenital compromise liar, Adam Schiff, begins. Yeah, so here's what's going to happen. Uh, the first couple of days will be the House managers making an argument based on the record assembled in the House that Article 1 and 2, that they have enough evidence to prove Article 1 and 2. Then the president's lawyers and this team you talked about is a really talented group of people. Uh, they will get up to make the case that based on the evidence collected in the House, uh, these are not impeachable offenses. Uh, then we'll have a question and answer period by the senators where we get to ask questions of anybody we would like through the chief justice and after that comes the decision. Explain what you mean through the, the chief justice. You, you give the questions yeah. to the chief justice. Does it say Senator Graham would like to ask? <laughs> we, or? Can't say, we can't say pencil neck shift. What do you say about this? No, we can't can, say that. Can you we, call him the congenital okay. liar? I mean, you know. Well, not, probably not. Well, I mean, uh, so in all what? fairness, hey, listen, he's earned that title. You want to know why? Because he told the country for three years, three long years, we got all the evidence right. to prove it's you know right. incontrovertible. He lied to us. He lied. Oh, we'd love to talk to the whistleblower. He had already had contact his office with the whistleblower, so he's not an honest per- broker here, is he? Well, so let's just put it this way: after all this stuff, they had a Jeopardy question about Adam Schiff with know. his photo, and nobody <laughs> nobody picked him out of a lineup. So I think. That tells me a lot. Just think about that. You got people on Jeopardy. That'd be pretty smart to be on Jeopardy to begin with. Not one person knew Adam Schiff. <laughs> so, Did you know? So I, I no, can... it's hilarious. But you know what? It's well, it, 
I see nothing constitutional in this process. I, and I mean this sincerely. This, I think this is very dangerous for the country. Now, very. you remember Michael Avenatti. He's in jail right now, right? Um, right. He was on the air on, on fake news CNN and conspiracy TV, MSDNC, 254 times in a year. He's in jail apparently now. And and anybody that hates Trump, is tr- tr- they're just loved. Now, the latest guy that is loved by the media is this guy, Lev Parnas. Okay, Lev right. Parnas, who is he? Well, we now know that he is being <laughs> accused of orchestrating campaign finance fraud and ironically hiding a million-dollar payment from the country of Russia. Uh, so let can't me make it you, up. If I had to put a... Well, you can't make it up. If I had a poster child for this impeachment debacle, it would be this dude. He's crooked as a snake. He's facing charges for campaign uh, violations, hiding money. I mean, he's just crooked. Uh, the foreign minister of the Ukraine said, I've never talked to him, but I wouldn't trust a thing he says. And what is he trying to tell us? That he contacted uh, Ukrainian officials to try to set up a meeting between the president of the Ukraine and Rudy to discuss the Biden issue. The meeting never happened. The Ukrainian foreign minister said, you shouldn't trust the thing this guy tells you. We have direct channels with Washington. We don't need a back channel. So the guy is dirty, dirty, and the media is fawning all over him, and it's falling apart before your eyes. Let me ask you this. The issue of witnesses annoys me a little bit because of the constitutional power solely rests with the House of Representatives. They've impeached him. Now these House managers are going to present their case. Why is there this discussion at all among Republicans that, well, maybe we're going to call other witnesses or or try to bolster or do the job that they couldn't get done in the House? I don't like that idea. Well, this is the ultimate question, really, to be honest with you. So they make the case in the House and uh, they feel they have enough to impeach the president or they wouldn't have sent it over. Right. So Democrats have asked for four witnesses. The four witnesses they asked for were all available to the House. They chose not to call them. Uh, The president, any president, would protect his national security advisor, his secretary of state, his chief of staff, the director of OMB uh, from a partisan witch hunt like they were conducting in the House. But they had a chance to slow this thing down, litigate executive privilege, But when the president suggested he would not cooperate, they impeached him for not cooperating. This is the first time in the history of the country two articles of impeachment have been passed by the House that do not allege an underlying crime. I want you, the audience, to know how important that is. The two things they've alleged against President Trump are not crimes. And it's the first time in the history of impeachment in this country someone's been impeached for a non-crime. What I would say about the witnesses, all four are covered by executive privilege. I hope no Republican senator will violate executive privilege and reward the sham process in the House. That's my view about the four witnesses asked for by Democrats. They're covered by executive privilege. They could have been called in the House. The House chose not to because they're in such a hurry. I hope no Republican senator will violate executive privilege because that would hurt the presidency down the road. Well, I don't think they can unless would that be a decision that that, for well, example, the a, executive privilege, doesn't that right remain with the president? That's the president's well, right. And then if there's conflict between the executive uh, and legislative. Hang on a second. If okay, there's the a conflict between I the executive think, and legislative branch, they seek remedy from the judicial branch. And th- this is very important. I believe the privilege is the president's privilege, not the witness's privilege, okay? 
it, it, it is a presidential privilege, not the person serving the president. So what would happen here? Let's say that there's a request to call John Bolton. The president has indicated he would invoke executive privilege, which I think any president would, particularly in this environment. So one of two things will happen. Who decides the privilege? Is it the United States Senate? The Office of Legal Counsel has suggested that because we're in a court of impeachment, that we're the court, that federal courts wouldn't have jurisdiction, that we would have to decide as senators whether or not to honor the privilege, um, uh, the invocation of privilege. I believe if that's the case, you're not going to find one Republican senator to deny President Trump the right to invoke executive privilege. I don't think we would destroy that privilege. Do the, the witness? You, so you don't believe any Republican would do that? And by the way, Democrats should protect that themselves, but they're, they're too short-sighted. Here's my next question, though. What if one of the witnesses so I, wants to testify, even though it's invoked by the president? Is there judicial remedy available then? So basically, yes. I, well, what we would have, let's say it's up to the Senate to set the make the determination. Here's what I would say. The reason you don't want to do this is because you're incentivizing impeachments in the future. You hold an impeachment hearing uh, in the House. You ram it through. When the president invokes executive privilege, you impeach him for obstruction of Congress. It gets over to the Senate, and if the Senate is the body that decides, then basically political people have destroyed the privilege of the presidency itself. In that scenario, the president never gets his day in court. So the president invokes executive privilege, and if somebody wants to take that privilege away, the president has, again, remedy in the courts to stop whoever that might be, correct? Well, not, uh, not, not if those chief justice rules that the courts do not have jurisdiction because this is an impeachment trial. There's a line of thought that the chief justice could say, whether or not the privilege is to be honored is determined by the Senate, not the federal courts. Now, so really, it's up to the Senate to protect the Constitution it here. Now, it, it could. You, you nailed it. You, you literally nailed it in that phrase. It would be up to the United States Senate, one line of reasoning, to protect executive privilege, because if we tromped all over it, the House never let him exercise executive privilege because they wouldn't give him time, right? Right. So you get to the Senate. That would be a scenario where executive privilege of the, by the president of the United States is never decided by courts independent of politics. That would be the, the end of the presidency as we know it. The other scenario is you would have to stop the trial, and the president would go to court, and it would take weeks, if not months, to find out whether or not the privilege is going to be honored. There's a Supreme Court case that says when it comes to national security, executive privilege is at its highest in terms of protecting the president. All right. Now the question is, if Rand Paul and and Ted Cruz have talked about reciprocity. Reciprocity, right. So if they want to call Pompeo or Bolton or Mick Mulvaney or whatever, then they would also mean that quid pro quo Joe, zero experience hunter, uh, the congenital compromise liar, the non-whistleblower hearsay whistleblower. I've given everybody names in this. This is like a play, but they would all be fair game, right? Yeah, well, it's a play. We'll lose. By the way, you're not responsible uh, sure. for yeah. the names that I have designed for this particular program. <laughs> okay, good. So, so here's the deal. 
number one, you still got executive privilege to deal with, even if you did reciprocity. So I think it would be hard for any Republican to deny the president his day in court. So if executive privilege is invoked, we'd have to stop the trial. But I can't believe any Republican would just allow Democratic witnesses to be called and not allow the president to call witnesses of his own choosing. So reciprocity is important in terms of basic fairness. In the House, the president was shut out. He could not call witnesses. He couldn't cross-examine the witnesses against him. Are we going to do that to him in the Senate? I hope not. Well, I hope not, too, Senator. I mean, but I will tell you, it would only be fair because we really do have a case of a quit and a pro and a quo. And I can't oh, so, so maybe, let's talk about Hunter Biden. Well, for I got to I got to get a chit off. Can you hold through one break here? I got to uh, sure, take a break. Sure, uh, sure. Senator Lindsey Graham at the bottom of the hour. Greg Jarrett. All right. As we continue, Senator Lindsey Graham. All right. We only have a couple of minutes. Very quickly. Who would you if there's going to be reciprocity with witnesses, who would you want to call in order? Uh, Hunter Biden, the whistleblower, Joe Biden. What about Schiff? Nah, I don't know if that, man, who knows, but here's the deal. You turn the whole trial into a circus. Hunter Biden's going to claim the Fifth Amendment, right? I mean, if he's got a half a decent lawyer, he's not going to let him go testify under oath in a Senate trial and wind up getting himself put in jail. The president's going to claim executive privilege over everybody around him because these are the key people of any president. So I'm hoping the Senate will not allow witnesses to be called. We base our decision based on the record established at trial that we do it in a fashion where you do not encourage the House to ever do this again to future presidents. That's what I hope happens. Well, do Democrats fear Joe being called or Hunter being called? I think Hunter Biden is a big fear for the Joe Biden camp. Now, Joe's a politician. Only God knows what he'll say. But, you know, the guy was receiving $50,000 a month. He got hired right after Joe Biden was given the Ukrainian portfolio. When the company was investigated, it's almost impossible to believe that it didn't use some influence to help the company he was receiving $50,000 a month from. And after February the 2nd, when the company was raided, uh, Hunter Biden starts calling the State Department his business partner. Hunter Biden's business partner meets with John Kerry. Then Joe Biden gets very involved in trying to get the prosecutor fired after the raid on Burisma. This whole thing stinks. I'm, and I'm the sure whistleblower would be talking about, about Adam Schiff. Do you think Democrats know that if there's reciprocity, this ends badly for them? And would they be smart enough to say, uh, OK, we're done. Let's have the vote. I think these votes are trying to get Republicans on the record to engage in a cover-up for Trump. When Trump, Schumer says, I'm looking for the truth, i got a bridge to say. He's looking to get the Senate back. All these votes are designed for Democrats to take the Senate back, and I think any Republican who honors executive privilege and vote for President Trump will be fine uh, politically because it's the right thing to do. This is about trying to get the Senate back. It's not about finding the truth. All right. Thanks, Lindsey Graham. Senator Graham starts Tuesday. The Schiff-Sham show now moves to the U.S. Senate. I think the senator's got a good handle on how this is going to go down. We'll talk about the legality of all this with Greg Jarrett next. The media mob, they found their new Avenatti, and much more. As we continue, Great Hannity tonight at 9. This is a very serious matter, and we take it to heart in a really solemn way. So sad, so tragic for our country. December 18th, a great day for the Constitution of the United States. A sad one for America, 
that the president's reckless activities necessitated us uh, our having to introduce articles of impeachment. This is nothing that anybody takes any satisfaction in. It's sad for our country. This is no joy in this. It's sad. We must be somber. We must be prayerful. You previously said you would want to wait for the Mueller report before. Well, but that, if, if that is so conclusive that there's a bipartisanship, uh, that there's a message to the president, so be it. Nixon was not, and President Nixon was not impeached. The Republicans finally saw the light. It divides the country unless there's some conclusive evidence that takes us to that place. Somber, prayerful. Oh, we don't want to do it. By the way, you want to pose with one of my new pens that doesn't commemorative pens that we're giving out for free. It's just such such rank hypocrisy. And, you know, when you think about it, well, what do the Democrats want? They, they just this this is it. It is the it is the blood, the lust, the, the hatred, the the crescendo of all of their hate because they haven't done anything for we the people. And well, pretty much forever. Uh, at least in the last three years, nothing I can think of, and and now we're gonna we're gonna make this the biggest shift show we ever can, and we'll bring in the least credible person we possibly can, and say new evidence, new evidence. Reminds me a lot of Kavanaugh. It's just like oh Julie Swetnick, I saw her just as Kavanaugh every week, other weekend. They would they would spike the punch bowl, and these young girls would pass out. And they'd line up in the hall, and one by one, these these young kids would go in, high school kids, and they would have sex with unconscious girls every other weekend. Well, in an interview, she goes, well, I never really saw him spike the punch bowl, but I saw him near a punch bowl. And I know I didn't see him give any girl anything. He had a, he had a red solo cup. Well, he wasn't in a line in a hall. He was standing in the hall. Remember how that came out? Remember the the ferociousness behind that? It's the same exact thing. Greg Jarrett, Fox News, legal analyst, author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Russia Hoax. Thank you, sir, for being with us. A lot of legal issues here, a lot in play. I'm a little disappointed by some of the Republican senators. We'll get to that. What's your overall take of where we are? Well, I'm very prayerful, Sean. Uh, I take all my cues from, from Nancy Pelosi. You're somber, you're prayerful. This is a sad day. We're doing this all reluctantly. (laughs) Nobody should be fooled by Pelosi's shameless antics. You know, she wanted to impeach Trump since he took office. And and credit to you, uh, who found the soundbite of her at that forum last month in a moment of uncommon candor for Pelosi, uh, who, who traffics in duplicity and lies. She admitted readily that she has been yearning and dreaming for impeachment uh, for more than two and a half years, which takes it back to roughly shortly after the inauguration. Um, It's it's sort of like the revelation, you know, uh, Area 51, Roswell, Rachel Maddow admitting at the end of her interview with this guy that's indicted and. And all sorts of charges against Les Parnas, um, Ukrainian foreign minister, warning us, uh, I don't believe a word this guy ever says, and trying to get a million dollars, according to prosecutors, and hide it from the Russians, ironically. Uh, I thought Maddow hated Russians. Um, and then say, oh, I've been working on this interview for months. Wow, yeah. Who's she working right. on it with? You know, uh, Parnas has zero 
credibility. He's under criminal indictment for campaign finance violations and a whole lot more. He readily well, the new charges never... is trying to hide the million dollars from the Russians. Yeah. And he admits he never spoke to Trump about this subject. So like so many other witnesses, he's offering nothing more than speculation based on rank hearsay. But the media, of course, is in a lather. Oh, Parnas, this breaks the case wide open. We've got to call him as a witness. Trust me on this. Parnas will never be called as a witness in the impeachment trial. Uh, that would ruin any credibility associated with it. And after all, look at what Parnas is saying. He's saying, oh, Donald Trump tried to pressure Ukraine into investigating Joe Biden and his son. That's already evident from the transcript of the telephone call between Presidents Trump and Zelensky and, re and also admitted by Trump himself that he asked Ukraine, please look into Joe Biden, hand over any evidence of potential corrupt acts by Joe Biden. So, uh, you know, there, there's not much there, there. Uh, plus the fact that this guy's got no credibility whatsoever. He's not going to be a witness. So I love the reciprocity plan put out by Cruz and, and Rand Paul, and that is, okay, if you want witnesses, we're going to have one for one. You want Pompeo, okay, that's going to cost you a hunter. If you want John Bolton, that's going to cost you a hunter and a quid pro quo Joe. and A zero experience hunter and a quid and a pro and a quo Joe. Uh, Democrats take that deal? Uh, no, in the end, they won't take that deal uh, because it would do more damage to the Democrats' already specious case of impeachment. Um, the GOP would be entitled to call not just Joe and Hunter Biden, but I would. the first witness I would call is the faux whistleblower. He's not a whistleblower under the law, and it appears he was colluding with Adam Schiff, who I would then call as the second witness uh, and grill him on cross-examination about lying uh, over the whole episode. Uh, I mean, and think about this. Juxtapose the defense team from the prosecution team. You have two of the most polarizing people picked by Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler, to make the impeachment case. I mean, that's an early Christmas present for Donald Trump. Uh, and then opposite that... It is filled with people uh, who are knowledgeable on constitutional law. Alan Dershowitz, a Democrat, didn't vote for Trump, doesn't support Trump, says these are not impeachable offenses. One of the most preeminent constitutional law experts in America, Ken Starr, uh, who brings to the table gravitas and experience, uh, not to mention that he is you know, uncommonly articulate in getting his point across. Uh, Robert Ray, who also succeeded Ken Starr as independent counsel, one of the finest lawyers in America, uh, up against Nadler and Schiff. I mean, this ain't even close. What do you think now as you watch this go on? Um, and I know that the for the media and mob and the Democrats, this is for them their last shot. This is it. They're going to go all in. This is this is three plus years worth of hard work for them because they haven't been working for the American people. So they're going to go all in. The overreach now is is there. Uh, you got quid and pro and quo with Joe and, and zero experience Hunter. They're going to avoid that like the plague. My question is, is what does the public see through this rank hypocrisy, this madness, this double standard this, you know, the two the, the two standards couldn't be any more different. 
because you have a guilty guy that they don't even want to talk about, that they exonerate. And the new evidence that the congenital liar compromised Adam Schiff sent over, they, he just exonerates out of whole cloth Joe and Hunter. He then turns on the prosecutor and says the prosecutor that was investigating uh, zero experience Hunter, who's being paid millions, is corrupt. He made that determination as he sent over the less Parnas, you know, uh, evidence. So I'm thinking, well, you can't get any more abusively biased than that. Does this now the American people are going to watch this shift sham show? My question is, how do they perceive it? How do they perceive the hypocrisy and the double standard? Well, I think they've already perceived it uh, exactly as you describe. And uh, and this impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate, uh, I would predict, will not move the needle. Look, a dozen witnesses were called by the nefarious Adam Schiff. And look at the public opinion polls. Uh, it didn't move America's public opinion at all. And in fact, I would argue just the opposite. If you look at, there have been two polls on independence, the most recent by a 17-point margin, they're against this impeachment and removal of Donald Trump. And, and as you know, independents are a key to any election. And so if it didn't move the needle with a dozen witnesses televised daily, um, then, you know, this impeachment trial that may have no witnesses at all, uh, won't move the needle either. Uh, Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler can try their level best. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, they, they come to the impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate with enormous negative baggage. And, uh, you know, Trump's team, when you pick a guy like Pat Cipollone, who's a, an experienced litigator, but who has not ever been seen or heard from, uh, you know, most Americans couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Um, that's a fresh face. And there's value in that beyond his skills. Um, and so, I, you know, I think the president is, has put together, assembled a very fine team of lawyers. And, you know, this is going to look like pro football uh, against some junior high school team. See, I, th I contend that the president hasn't lost supporters from 2016. I don't see it anywhere. There's no evidence of it at all. Uh, I think when you look and you check off every promise he's made and every promise he's kept and the success of both his foreign and domestic policy, uh, and in couple with that, I believe the American people have adjusted to the fact that they elected a disruptor an iconoclast. He will never be an establishment type of politician in any way. And the media and the mob and the Democrats feign outrage at every single tweet of the president. It's not real. They don't care about Russian interference, so they'd care about the dossier. They don't care about Ukrainian election interference, which is separate and apart, but happened according to Politico and a Ukrainian court. Uh, they don't care that their new star witness is brought up on these charges. He's the new Michael Avenatti 2.0 or that this guy may have gotten a, a, and tried to hide a million dollars paid for by Russia. So I think that the, 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 the rank hypocrisy, I think the media is on one level, which is derangement. And I think the American people look at the success and the best economy employment situation since 1969 and eight million new jobs and and record growth in jobs for every demographic group in the country. And, yeah, we got Baghdadi. We beat the caliphate. And we got Soleimani. Yeah, that was a bad guy running the number one state sponsor of terrorist dirty deeds. Uh, and I think they're saying, 
you know what, I like this guy. Yeah, I've never seen so many accomplishments by a president in such a short period of time, and I'm almost 65. So I've gone through a lot of presidents and watched you're, you're, a lot. You're, really, you're an old guy. You're old. Uh, I am an old guy, but you're catching up to me fast. Um, but look, you know, people vote their wallets. And when they get into that voting booth and they say, God, you know, my 401k is great. My stock market investments, if they have them, you know, at the highest level ever, wages are up. It's easier to get a job. Um, and, you know, the president deserves all of the credit for that. He cut taxes. He cut regulations. It boosted uh, gross domestic uh, product economic growth. Um, And, you know, he cut deals with Japan and China and Canada and Mexico. And that has also helped the economy. And so, you know, uh, that kind of information gets through around the time of an election. And what do Democrats have to offer? They, they, want to overturn the boat uh, and people oh, they want to go back to where they were and then on steroids and human growth hormone with Obama uh, right. Greg Jarrett stay right there quick break okay uh, so great to have Michael and Dell in studio yesterday what a story he has again his book is on Hannity.com a hologram cover I've never seen anything like it uh, from crack addict to CEO unbelievable all right, final moment. Greg Jarrett is with us, giving us uh, his uh, legal analysis. So how do you see when this starts Tuesday? They're all been sworn in. How do you see this going down? How many days? I would expect probably at least two days. The impeachment managers boring everybody to tears with nonsense. And then I would expect that the president's lawyers, they'll finally get a chance to speak. I don't think they'll spend two days defending the president. But you got Ken Starr, Pam Bondi, Alan Dershowitz. Pat Cipollone, Jay Sekulow, you got a pretty good lineup there. Oh, you got a great lineup for the president. Um, so there'll be opening statements uh, after the presentation of the charges. That'll be House managers rebutted by White House counsel. A period of question and answer uh, from senators, really the only time they get to speak. Then the all-important critical vote. Do we need new witnesses? And so uh, it depends on how well or how poorly it goes for Democrats in their presentation uh, and the Q&A. So we just don't know. But, you know, this will not be a lengthy impeachment as Bill Clinton's was in 1999. All right, Greg Jarrett, thank you. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Full coverage of this tonight on Hannity. We'll look at the media mob and their insanity that has broken out all week. They found their new Michael Avenatti. We'll get to that. Joe Concha weighs in and much more. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. Multiple U.S. officials with direct knowledge of the briefings tell CNN that classified documents on Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. election presented last week to President Obama and to President-elect Trump included allegations that Russian operatives claimed to have compromising personal and financial information about Mr. Trump a sort of dossier of alleged dirt that the Russians allegedly say they allegedly have on Donald Trump. Alleged dirt that they allegedly use to allegedly cultivate him is basically a Russian asset. President Trump directed his attorney to lie to Congress. There it is, the media mob. It is the same cast of characters, the same groups of people. 
It was a very revealing moment when this Lev Parnas was, uh, I guess, on Area 51 Roswell Rachel Maddow show where there's a handoff to Lawrence O'Donnell. I've met Lawrence O'Donnell. He's actually a person, a nice guy. His views are nutty. We all know that. Just watch the show five seconds. But and, and then at another point, so that's pretty revealing. Oh, they've known about this guy for a long time, and they, they knew they were going to pull this just like they kind of pulled this game in the Kavanaugh case. Anyway, there will be no one defending Trump on MSDNC, the conspiracy theory channel. How is it you can be so wrong for three long years? You're pushing, you're driving, you're pumping, your slanders, smears. We got him, we got him, we got him, we got him. We got him breathtaking moment after breathtaking moment, breathless reporting after breathless report. And they go after Donald Trump. We got him, we got him, got him. No, you didn't get him. And Mueller didn't get him, as they said, because what they had was nothing. They had four separate investigations. Now, the, the same group cast the characters, the same media mob, the same Democrats, Oh, we got him now. We didn't get him in the four investigations in the Trump-Russia collusion. Now let's, now we'll get him on Ukraine. But to get there, we have to ignore quit and pro and quo and Joe and zero experience Hunter. But that's okay. We're, we accept that we're going to take on full-blown hypocrisy and, and breathtaking lack of intellectual honesty, curiosity, common sense, and reason. We'll live with all of that. It's pretty sick. They got everything wrong about uh, that, that had to do with Trump and Russia. Michael Avenatti, 274 appearances. Where is he today? I think he's still in jail, right? Got arrested again the other day. Uh, now they've got their new Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti 2.0. Lef Parnes is is with, with us now. Let's pay attention to him. He's, he seems very credible. Uh, no, uh, just the opposite, because prosecutors on Wednesday said, yeah, they, he probably got a million dollars and tried to hide it from Russians. Cared about Russian interference. They ignored the dirty dossier. They didn't care at all about Hillary's emails that we now have confirmed pretty much have been hacked by numerous foreign countries or the fact that she, well, destroyed evidence that had been subpoenaed. We forget about the fact of premeditated fraud on a FISA court. That didn't seem to bother them at all. So they all, it's all selective moral outrage. So they never admitted they were wrong. They never they never fixed their mistakes. I never said, wow, that guy Hannity got it all right. Him and his investigative team that he put together. Everything was corroborated by the inspector general. And I'll even say and go out there on a limb like we always do and say a lot more of our reporting will be corroborated when we finally get the Durham and Barr investigation settled. Anyway, he monitors the media for the Hill. Probably the only honest guy in the media. Uh, and that is Joe Concha. How are you, sir? Looks like the PayPal went through, Sean. So thanks for the whole only honest guy thing. I didn't see that coming, and I appreciate it. I was it. surprised fake Jake Tapper even called out Democrats for buying Leb Parnas's story unquestioned. He actually said they're acting like he's Theodore Roosevelt. I got I to gotta tip the hat. He had a fair moment. Yeah, I mean, it's so predictable to be in the echo chamber, right, to say what everybody else is saying. Why don't you just say what your principles are and call everything issue to issue? It's, it's what I try to do. So, yeah, good job by Jake Tapper. But i got to tell you, somebody like Lawrence O'Donnell, who you mentioned earlier, I mean, isn't that amazing that he won't have anybody on to defend Trump? So you, if you want to just get maybe the perception of Trump on the economy or on foreign policy or criminal justice reform or impeachment or just insert any issue, one MSNBC primetime host doesn't even want you to hear it. And that just shows you how broken we are. I mean, that you're not even going to play the other side. That 
is the type of stuff that you see in totalitarian countries and communist countries and countries like North Korea. And they, they're so unself-aware, they don't even know it. So <clears throat> we've got this guy, Parnas. Uh, I think the comment, oh, I've been working on this interview for months, uh, was a little revealing. Uh, one has to wonder, Russia, a comment that we played last night uh, from November, saying, I want you to pay attention to this name, Lev Parnas. Uh, he's going to be the next big thing. He's going to be the next guy. Um, his name was out there in circles. I knew people that, you know, apparently he was always trying to interfere in everything. Anyways, he's out on on bail from a federal prison. He's accused of orchestrating a massive campaign finance fraud scheme, hiding a million dollar payment from the country that he got from Russia. The guy is now the new Michael Avenatti 2.0. Remember, they put Avenatti on 254 times in a year. He is a star. Where is he now? Now they now they love Lev Parnas under indictment, Southern District of New York. So he's making the rounds in the media mob. And, uh, you know, what do you got? You got the same hoax-filled dumpster fire of fake news people. You know, wow, well, what else happened? Did you, did you ever talk to Trump? Um, and it's, it's just so repugnant, but now it's kind of predictable. This is who they are. This is what they do. We've seen this movie before, right? You mentioned our Kardashiati, as I call him, Avenatti, uh, but he's like a Kardashian because he was everywhere, as you said, hundreds of times, just on two networks alone. That was only in a six-month span. And it wasn't to talk about the client he screwed, you know, poor choice of words, but, uh, you know, in, in Stormy Daniels, because uh, he eventually took money from her as well, but it was to talk about domestic and foreign policy ethics and why he was the Democrats' best hope to take back the White House. And that's why trust in media now is a four-letter word starting with S to more than half the country because of Michael Kardashian and you put him on all the time. So now you think everybody would learn and not listen to a Lev Parnas, but I think they know better. I don't think they're that dumb. I think they just see him as a useful idiot that they could use for a week or two to attack the president. And then they move on to the next useful idiot that has something on the president or doesn't in this case, you know, it, it depends on, you know, what your perspective is in terms of what he's saying. And, and, and given that he is, as you said, uh, already been, <laughs> you know, put in jail, maybe he doesn't have the best credibility. So maybe we shouldn't treat all the gossip that he's putting out there is gospel. So I'm looking at some of these Republicans that are hell-bent on ignoring the constitutional role that, that they are given in the Senate, which is their sole role is to try, put a trial on for the impeachment, the power to impeach constitutionally. That power rests with the U.S. House of Representatives. It is their sole power. They've now impeached the president. They now will present their case to the Senate, and for some reason... Other uh, Republicans feel the need or compulsion to go out there and fix the mess of the shift sham show and the, you know, nutty Nadler show and the Pelosi breakdown. And somehow, if they don't fix it, they're not doing their job when just the opposite is true. Why would they do that? I was looking in, at the Washington Examiner today and they were quoting a morning consult survey. And, you know, Mitt Romney's not doing particularly well in his own state. He's down another eight points, still on the plus side, but he's in the 50s. Um, a eight-point plunge from just a couple of months ago. And I'm like looking at Mitt Romney. Why would Mitt Romney do this? Why would Mitt Romney, everything he's, how, how does Mitt Romney, how does he forget that the very people that called him a misogynist and sexist, you know, now love him because he's attacking Trump? I think that Romney, honestly, Sean, likes to be loved. I think ultimately he likes the, the media attention that he gets when he defies Trump. Uh, and he's in Utah, so even though he could drop eight points, but as you said, he's still in his 50s, so it's very safe, so he could afford... Uh, but he's helping people that bludgeoned him. What part well, of that thing. does he forget? 
Yeah, the, the, I covered media back then too, and and it was overwhelmingly negative towards him. They they try to paint him as this uh, evil Gordon Gecko guy who liked to do bad things to his dog by putting him on the roof, and uh, you know uh, had an elevator in his house, and you know he's this rich out of touch guy, and he's going to be horrible for the and country. And he cut some kid's hair it. when he was in high school or grade school. That's right, that's right. But I, I think all these things are, are not having the impact that the media thinks it will, because obviously they don't have the influence that they used to. If I look at a Quinnipiac poll, Trump is up five points since October of 2019 since impeachment began. Pelosi is down four points, and, and believe it or not, Mitch McConnell's up 12. Now, granted, he was only at 24 percent. There's only one place to go, and that was up. But, yeah, so it seems that this is having a negative effect on Democrats, and the president is only benefiting because while impeachment's going on, USMCA is being passed. First phase of U.S.-China trade deal is being passed. Soleimani is killed. So you see tangible things and good things being done on top of, of course, the economy that we've talked about 100 times. Uh, so people see results, and then they see the other side of the ledger, Democrats playing a political game where everybody knows what the ending is, and that's a more powerful president who will not be removed from office. How do they ignore and bifurcate their brains and just in one voice, in total harmony and unison? How do they say, oh, there's nothing wrong with Joe Biden bragging about leveraging a billion dollars and his zero experience son being paid millions, getting the prosecutor fired that is investigating this corruption because i can't think of a company on the face of this earth joe concha not one that would ever pay anybody with zero experience millions and millions of dollars can you i would think that you at least have to speak the language right before you get in the board of directors of a company in ukraine uh yeah look i mean he took amtrak so therefore maybe he knew about transportation therefore energy yeah of course if this were treated if we had an objective media obviously this would be investigated the but way there, it should but, be. but wait a minute this is bigger than that they're in unison on this. This is this is harmony here. You know, the, the, you can have a cappella and they're singing the, the at at the same pitch, perfect a cappella pitch, and they do it with such ease when it's so transparently false. I think it's because of conformity. I think ultimately that a lot of journalists aren't here to inform the public. They're here to impress their peers, and they all retweet each other, and they're all liking each other. And even though they're supposed to be competitors and uh, competitors and rivals, uh, it, it turns out it's just one big uh, little ecosystem in New York, in Washington, where well, what did President Trump get in uh, Washington as far as a share of the vote? Four percent. What did he get in Manhattan? Nine percent. And they're all in those two little centers, and that's where all or most of national media comes out of. So it's a hive mentality, and no one knows how to get out of it because they're afraid of bucking the trend and therefore being ostracized. And we saw that with Scarborough and Brzezinski when they used to have friendly interviews of President Trump when he was a candidate. And then once he got the nomination, everybody turned on them and they said, oh my God, so now they've tripled down ever since. It seemed like they're totally anti-Trump, but they just go where the wind blows in order to appease their audience and telling them what they need to hear. Does that make sense? All right, quick break. Stay right there. Joe Concha, uh, media columnist uh, for The Hill. I see Humpty Dumpty is getting a new job and uh, we'll get his thoughts on that. All right, as we continue with Joe Concha, he writes for The Hill. Uh, so I got to ask you about Humpty Dumpty. So Humpty Dumpty, I guess, he's, he's supposed to be the big media guy over at Fake News CNN. He's really like a full-time, 24-7 stalker. And so he's, he's racing up to me as soon as I go to a media party. And then I, I guess this guy's an assistant or wants to be in life, Brian Stelter, and that's his aspiration in life. Hey, it's me. And I'm like, hi, how are you? Very nice to meet you. No, no, no. You, we, oh, we know each other? Yes. My, it's Oliver. Oliver who? Oliver, it's Oliver, CNN. And I go, oh, fake news. Um, and you got these guys, they stalk Fox 24-7, right? Now they're going to do a documentary 
and HBO teams with them to do the documentary. Now, I can give you a laundry list of all the fake news that that they peddle over there at CNN. Why would HBO partner with Fox News stalkers and people that are more guilty of disseminating lies and propaganda and misinformation than pretty much any other media outlet out there? I think that's the easiest question you've ever asked me as a media reporter because it's simple synergy. Um, AT&T owns Warner Media. Warner Media owns CNN. So this is just an in-house kind of thing. So Brian and Oliver can pitch uh, the documentary directly because they have access to an HBO because they're owned by the same parent company. And HBO is you know, profoundly liberal, as we've seen with all of their original programming, uh, which is a shame because they reach a big audience. Uh, so, yeah, it, it fits the narrative that HBO, as a pay channel, used to just show movies. Now they're a lot more into politics, uh, what they want to provide for their audience. And at the same time, you know, Stelter and, uh, and Darcy have access. So it's pretty simple, actually. <laughs> Okay, are they going to do a deep dive into all the mistakes? Uh, like, for example, they just paid Nicholas Sandman a lot of money. Are they going to talk about that? I have a feeling uh, that will be victim of the bias of omission, uh, Sean, which uh, that, that probably is not going to make the cut. Now, now, that, now, that's very hard for me to believe. So HBO is knowingly hiring a propagandist. But, I mean, you ever see this guy's ratings? He does this unreliable liberal sources show on weekends. Uh, you ever see how bad the ratings are? Uh, they are not very good at all. And you could say, well, it's Sunday morning. It's 11 o'clock, and not a lot of people are watching TV at that point. If they've watched the Sunday shows, and they're exhausted. But uh, Fox has a media show on called Media Buzz with Howie Kurtz, and that basically doubles them in total viewers. So, yeah, there's a, an apples-to-apples comparison you can make right there and uh, it, it doesn't do well because unfortunately it's really geared towards a very niche very def- very narrow audience and that's other journalists that agree uh, with the Brian Seltzer type of worldview, and then obviously some folks who like to read Media Matters, and that's it. It's basically if you gave Media Matters a microphone, that's reliable sources at this point. It's a shame because I used to go on the show uh, a lot. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, we appreciate you being with us uh, from the Hill. Uh, media columnist uh, Joe Concha with us. 800 941 Sean is on number. And uh, when we come back, we'll get to your calls, the sounds of the week, and much more. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls. Final half hour. Hannity tonight at 9, 291 days till Election Day. The best election coverage available on your radio dial. I do have two favorite pieces of audio of the week, and that would be, Elizabeth Warren, you lied about me. Whoopsie-daisy. And I think my other one, uh, well, there's three. I'm lying. I think the other favorite that I can't, that we can't ignore is the reaction the president got Monday at the LSU Clemson game. These are my three favorites. And then we've got uh, the, let's see, what else do we got? Got a lot of, oh, Joe Biden at the debate. Wow. Those were disasters. So we're going to play those and the sound of the week that we didn't get to. And then on the other side, we'll get right to your phone calls. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. On national TV? What? I think you called me a liar on national you know, TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion? We'll have that discussion. You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do it I'm now. Not, I don't want to get in the middle of it. I just want to say hi, Bernie. Yeah, good. Okay.
And I think it's a mistake to pull out the straw, the small number of troops. The reason he made the strike was because our embassies were about to be bombed. I would not meet with absent preconditions instead of poking our eye and excuse me, poking our finger in the eye of all our friends by stealing our intellectual, or stealing our intellectual property, their corporate state system to to our significant disadvantage of anyone running up here in this race. Reduce the cost of drug of drug prices it sets up it allows all the drug companies to, excuse me it allows you to medicare to negotiate it should be free universal infant, infant care but here's the deal over 500 miles a day uh, excuse me uh, 250 miles a day there's no oper- there's no choice but to, for nancy pelosi that i think of the, the american people i headed up the recovery act which put more money into Fossil, uh, moving away from fossil fuels to to enter to uh, uh, solar and wind energy. If they, the vast majority believe their children will never reach the stage that they read, they they've reached an economic security. All right, those are the sounds of the week. I, I don't think you can ignore what happened at the LSU Clemson game. That, that's pretty huge. I mean, now you got 18 leftist groups trying to pledge and come to agreements that we're not going to attack each other. Those that support Warren or Bernie Sanders, that is pretty entertaining. You lied about me. And then the incoherent Joe Biden. I mean, it's so bad. I, I've got to imagine because I'm watching all, all the polls. You know, Democrats have stopped betting on a, on a Biden implosion. Well, they're protecting Biden. I mean, they're protecting him. All right, let's say they now have impeached Donald Trump. Biden never wins, God forbid. Uh, what happens with him in impeachment over leveraging a billion taxpayer dollars um, to get his son from the prosecutor fired from investigating his zero experience son being paid millions? We're going to go through another impeachment? Unbelievable. All right, let's get to our phones. A lot of you have been very patient today as we say hi to Rebecca in New Mexico. By the way, a state in play, New Mexico. How are you, Rebecca? Happy Friday. I'm good, Sean. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? I've been listening to you for a long time, and I really love your show. And I just want to start off by saying you're a great American, and I'm so glad you're in the fight with us. You're a great American. God bless America in 291 days. Absolutely. So, you know, um, first of all, I think Trump should pardon Flynn. I'm, I'm just I think this guy has really just got a really raw deal. His life has been ruined. Um, I think that he needs to be pardoned. Um, but that wasn't really the main reason I called. Um, I called. I think what they did to General Flynn is unconscionable. It terrible. is it is pathetic what they've done to this 33 year vet combat veteran during part of his uh, years of service. It is unconscionable. Comey, McCabe, all of it. They didn't yeah, think he absolutely. lied. They forced him into lying after bankruptcy and threatening his family. That's what happened in that case. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm hearing this word quid pro quo all the time. You hear about it, and they've turned it into something that is evil and wrong. And it's like, you know, quid pro quo, I, I don't think that a lot of people even understand what the definition of it is. I had, you know, I had economics when I was in college. And, you know, it simply means I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I mean, that's all. It's a deal. You know, when you make a deal, each party benefits from the deal. And that is a quid pro quo. And if a quid pro quo was uh, illegal and against the law, then every deal made in Washington would be illegal. 
And you know, the, the president never spoke on the phone call with Zelensky ever about aid or withholding aid. The president no. did admonish the new president. Well, I'm I'm hearing you're hanging out with many of the same people as Poroshenko, your predecessor, and they're not good people. You ought not be hanging around those people. Uh, do us a favor. Can you get to the bottom of of whatever your country may or may not have been involved in? Our country's now spent almost three years dealing with election interference. And wow, this this Joe Biden Hunter stuff. Well, Joe leveraged a billion dollars and he's bragging about it Um, to me. That is faithfully executing the laws as the president pledges to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, if, if they're concerned about people making illegal deals, maybe they should be concerned about you hear all these politicians They're They're in there getting, you know, uh, just a, a not really an extravagant uh, government salary. And then after serving for a few years, they're millionaires. You know, you, get, you have Trump. He was or, uh, not Trump, but uh, Obama. He was president for eight years. And somehow after he's he's no longer president, he's buying a 15 million dollar house. And you know, it's like, how, how are these politicians becoming millionaires? Well, they they're write books, they give speeches, they get paid an enormous amount of money as ex-presidents. I'm not begrudging them that. I don't really care. People. Look, you don't have to pay to go and uh, and watch them speak, or you don't have to pay and go and buy anybody's book. You do it if you want to. Um, I, I think that every, you can say everything's a quid pro quo. I mean, in a sense, you're making a point. That is, let's say I have my team that I'm looking in front of here, and Sweet Baby and Linda and Katie, and and we've got J.C. Owen and uh, Ethan, and uh, we have a quid pro quo going on, the quid and the pro and the quo. They work for me. They do their job, and I give them money. Uh, I, I, they get paid every week. So I guess that's a quid pro quo by definition. But it's not really the term in which we're talking about. But in the case of Biden, he is bragging about leveraging a billion taxpayer dollars. He's now saying you're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor that I know is investigating my son who has zero experience in energy, oil, gas or Ukraine. Uh, why would any company pay an, anybody with zero experience? Well, they were buying access. And we've read many times on this program the bribery statutes, and there's a lot of them. And it seems to me it fits. It's a, it's a perfect match, a perfect fit. And I think the distinction with Donald Trump is not only did they never talk about money in the phone call or aid in the phone call, there were five high-level meetings that took place after that phone call. With Zelensky, including one with the vice president. At no time did anyone ever in any of those meetings ever discuss aid. When Ambassador Sondland asked the president, well, is there anything you want from them in exchange for releasing the aid? Yeah, I want them to do the right thing. I want to know. I want to know that they're not going to be corrupt like the last group of people there. And I want nothing. And, I, you know, no quid pro quo. So I think what we've got here is a situation where, you know, th- there is you you have to basically compartmentalize all intellectual honesty, reason, common sense. And you must take on inside your heart, mind and soul breathtaking hypocrisy. That is the Democratic Party. That is why they ignored quid and pro and quo Joe. That is why they ignore zero experience Hunter. Because if you compare the two, there's no comparison. In one case, something horrible took place and illegal. In the other case, they're trying to make the case that it happened and it didn't. There's no evidence that it happened. 
As a matter of fact, quite to the contrary, there's exculpatory evidence that says it didn't happen. And now that they bring in uh, Michael Avenatti, too, uh, they think, oh, we got him. We got him. No, you don't have him. This is not going to end the way they want, but they get to bloody up the president in their minds prior to the 2020 election to impact that race. That is a big part of the goal. They get to try and bloody up senators that are up for re-election. They get to do what they always do, and that's play cheap politics. Get power. It always, always comes back to power. Why do they want the power? Why? To implement the Green New Deal? To go back to the, the millions and millions added to the poverty rolls and food stamp rolls? Uh, lead to economic policies that don't give us jobs? Go back to bribing mullahs in Iran, begging them to like us, and they get to still build a nuclear weapon? I mean, that's really what they want. They don't like what Trump's doing. They don't like Trump. So it is, you know, it's just something that this this is who they are. But I do feel there's a level of exposure here and clarity in this that it is so obvious to anybody that has an open mind that they see through it. I think you have some weak Republicans that want to create an appearance that they're going way overboard, to be fair. But to me, all they're doing is legitimizing a corrupt system. I hope that answers your question, Rebecca. Florida Jack, 291 days. We'll be watching Broward and Palm Beach County and Southwest Florida and the panhandle that gets the extra hour to vote. How are you? Great. How are you? Uh, um, anyway, I just first want to say that you're really a true inspiration to young conservatives like me. You want to be uh, commentators like yourself. How, how old are you? I'm 14. 14 years old. Then you know for sure you want to go into radio and TV? Yes, I do. And you want to do what? What kind of show do you want to host? Like yours, a a conservative, uh, you know, talk show. Uh, You want to do a conservative talk show on television and radio or radio or television? Which one? I mean, I guess I'd prefer uh, um, I could start out with radio and then go into television. So you want to do one at a time. Start with radio. Actually, starting with radio is great preparation for TV. I don't know if you've ever noticed anchors. Occasionally, the teleprompter will go down on anchors on TV. It's some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen in my life. Now, my the hardest job working on my television show, you want to know what it is? Being the guy that scrolls the teleprompter. Because I, I go <laughs> off it constantly. And yeah. his job is to try to figure out Okay, when does he does he want to go back to the script or not go back to the script? So I have certain signals that I'm sending the teleprompter operator. You know, I'll look off camera means stop rolling. And then at some point I might move my fingers, say, all right, pick it up from there. I want to get these facts that I wrote down exactly right in. So but anyway, if that's your dream, here's my advice to you. Just do it. Find a way, local radio station, local TV station, go in there, intern, work, get coffee, clean the floors, do whatever you have to do, and get get in the environment, see what's going on, learn the terminology, the lexicon, if you will, and, and if you really like it, follow your dreams in life. That's my advice. I have no idea why the first time I got behind a radio microphone, all this stuff comes flying out of me. I have no idea where it came from. None. But it just came flying out of me. <laughs> I have no idea why, yeah. you know, you don't, you know, my kids would ask, well, Dad, why are you yelling into the radio? I'm like, well, do you want me to do the show? Hi, this is the Sean Hannity show. 1-800-941-SEAN is our number. And I'm, but instinctively, the first time the mic went on, I knew I had to project. 
I don't know, probably overdid it in the beginning, but, you know, it just, that's how it works. And then I found a love for it. Scared to death my first time, but you'll get over it. Oh, thank you. Um, but, but anyway, so what I wanted to talk about was um, how basically Obama ordered 542 drone strikes killing 3,797 people, 324 of those civilians, all that without congressional approval, and Democrats applauded him. They loved him. They loved when he did it. When Trump does it, they criticize him, so it doesn't make sense. Look, I love the fact that you come informed. That's very important for any talk show. And number two, you have a point of view. That's important for a talk show. And number three, take a bow, uh, young Jack in Florida, because you're dead on accurate. And you're smarter than probably the 99% of Democrats in the swamp in D.C. Good for you. Uh, Stay in touch with us as your journey continues, Jack. Uh, I've got a lot of years left in me, I think. God willing. We'll hope. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, it is now on a preview of all that's happening next week. Alan Dershowitz, who is part of the president's defense team in this impeachment witch hunt trial will join us pam bondi also a part of it she'll join us trey gowdy will get his legal mind and experience concha joins us uh louis gomert uh greg jarrett charlie hurt kimberly strassel all coming up and when we come back 288 days to go till you can shock the world have a great weekend see you monday